14 of the 2021-22 NBA season is over, which means it's time to run it back. This is Run It Back NBA Week in Review. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports. Debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone the man up, you can ask Beach Basket. The Beach Basket, coming soon on air. The Beach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. This is a show where we recap the week that was, then take a deep dive into that week for select teams. Today, I'm joined by Isaac Edelman of our partner site, FLTeams.com. He'll be recapping the week for the Miami Heat. I'll be recapping the week for the Los Angeles Clippers. We close out our show with the NBA question of the day. Today, our panel will discuss which current team under 400 is best positioned for success in the near future. Tonight only, if you want to be a part well, I shouldn't say only, because if this works out, we might do this more often. If you want to be a part of the show, please search for The Peach Basket 2021, no spaces, The Peach Basket 2021 on Facebook to watch our show there and leave comments and questions. Unfortunately, we can't take comments or questions on Twitter. If you're watching us there, please jump over to Facebook and search for The Peach Basket 2021 We exist to amplify the voice of passionate basketball fans worldwide. We would love to hear from you. Before we get on with our show, we want to take a look back at the week that was in the NBA. These are the marquee matchups for each day in week 14. This is the NBA Rapid Recap. On Saturday, January 8th, there were six NBA games played. The spotlight was on the East versus West matchup between the Miami Heat and Phoenix Suns. The Heat impressed as they went to the Valley of the Sun and came out on top in this battle 123 to 100. Ten games on Sunday, January 9th. The flying under the radar, but very good Dallas Mavericks beat Eastern Conference powerhouse Chicago Bulls 113-99. Luka Doncic had 22 points, 14 rebounds and 14 assists in the win. Monday January 10th saw seven NBA games played. The Damian Lillard-less Portland Trail Blazers beat the Brooklyn Nets despite a big game from Kevin Durant. On Tuesday, January 11th, there were six games. The Golden State Warriors have Clay Thompson back, but the very good Memphis Grizzlies have John Warren. He led the Grizzlies with 29 points and 11 rebounds in the win over the Dubs. Nine games played on Wednesday, January 12th. The marquee game was in the Eastern Conference where the Brooklyn Nets played the Chicago Bulls. The Nets took this one in resounding fashion beating the Bulls 138-112. to Five games on the schedule on Thursday, January 13th. The team with the third best record played the team with the third worst record. Guess who won in this weird season? The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Brooklyn Nets 130 to 109. 
Friday, January 14 saw a classic NBA battle between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. The Sixers took the most recent matchup 111-99. Like most NBA players, we are fans of sports in general. With the NFL playoffs in full swing, we are keeping our eyes on those matchups. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. I'm excited now to start our deep dive by dropping the pin in Miami, Florida. In or around Miami, Florida. And bring in Isaac Edelman. Isaac is from our partner site, flteams.com. FL Teams is your one-stop shop for all Florida sports. Isaac, welcome again. How was your week, or how was the week, really? Well, how was your week, too? I'm curious. But how was the week 14 for the Miami Heat? My week my week was pretty good, and Miami Heat's week was pretty good. Um, Miami, as you guys can see, two-in-one record in week 14 of the NBA season. I I think we, you know, as Heat fans wanted us to go 3-0, and but, hey, two-in-one is a winning record. Look, let, let, let's start off with last week's. Monday night game between the Heat and the Raptors. It's Kyle Lowry's former team coming to town in Miami. Kyle Lowry, however, not playing. Doesn't affect the Heat, though. They win by five, 104 to 99. It was surprisingly a close and competitive game for the Heat um, in this Monday game. The Raptors stuck with Miami all the way through the game. Um, And what made it even more surprising is that the Raptors only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven available players. So they were shorthanded, but they did have their wow. stars in Siakam, Ojan Anubi, Precious Achua, Fred Van Fleet, and Scotty Barnes. But let's focus on the Miami Heat here. They obviously won. Jimmy Butler, triple, double, 19 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. It's always nice to see Jimmy Butler um, get a triple, double. And it actually you know, mocked something special because it passed LeBron James' record in which he had the most triple-doubles in Heat history. Um, Bam Adebayo also returned. He had 14 points and nine rebounds. I wasn't too happy, though. You know, I have to bring my boy, Omer Yurtsevin, into the conversation. Yurtsevin didn't play number one. And number two, Bam Adebayo didn't get to double-digit rebounds, which is something Omer Yurtsevin did for consecutive nights. Heat. Played the Portland Trailblazers next in Miami, and we won easily 104 to 92. That was on Wednesday night. Damian Lillard obviously still injured. It was CJ McCollum leading Portland. He had 24 points. And Anthony Simmons, the young and rising star, had 27 points. 
But again, let's focus on the Heat. Jimmy Butler, only four points in 15 minutes. But Bam Adebayo, double-double, 20 points and 11 rebounds. Kayla Martin, also 26 points. It was, it was truly nice to see him show up. Again, the Heat have such a deep bench. And it's never surprising when you see someone like Kayla Martin getting double digits, let alone 20-plus points. Now, Miami's last game, which was against the Hawks last night, Friday night, Miami lost. They lost by two points, 110-108. to 108. Before I you know, say the stats for the game, let's break down what happened. With around 20 seconds of Jimmy Butler um, had a wide-open layup, kind of jumping in the air, and he missed a shot. Wide-open shot would have tied the game. Yeah. He fouled Trey Young. Trey Young only makes one free throw, so it's a two-point game with 10 seconds. He have the ball. Jimmy Butler gets the inbound. Jimmy Butler holds on to the ball. And he takes the final shot for the Heat. It was a three for the win, and he misses it. Jose, you know I said this before. The Heat, in my opinion, do not have that final shooter. The guy that you go to in the final seconds to get the game-winning shot. Yeah. I think if the Heat had to choose one guy, it would be Tyler Hero. I feel like he has that clutch gene in him. And yeah. from anywhere on the court. Jimmy Butler cannot shoot threes. Yet... He is the guy Miami always goes to. Look, he is the best player on this team. But right. he is not I, – I think I can name at least three players on the Heat who can shoot the three way better than him. Obviously, yeah. Jimmy has the leadership and experience. So I understand why the Heat are going to him. But really, the odds of him making a three, let alone in the final seconds, is very low. So – What I'm starting to think for Miami is maybe we should just go for the two. If we're down by two, just go for the two to bring the game into overtime. And honestly, over the years, Miami has been a very good overtime team. So that that is an idea to think about because Jimmy Bella can make twos, right? If he gets fouled, I think not just Heat fans, but the whole NBA in general can trust him to make two out of two free throws. Was this game at home? No, it was in Atlanta. So so that is a factor. Right. And, and that's maybe why you don't want to go into overtime. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make. I mean, the general consensus has always been when you're on the road, you go for the win. When you're at home, you go for the tie. Right. And, yeah. and, and I can't help but think that was probably in, in, in Butler's brain at the time that he took that three. Because, like you said, percentage wise, he's not a great three point shooter, but he saw the opportunity. You're on the road. You know, he went for the, he went for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember hearing your, uh, your your veiled disgust at that shot on our uh, internal Slack channel. I know that would bother you. Bob, that bothered you quite a bit. Yeah. Now Jimmy Butler was two rebounds and two assists away from a triple double in that game, but only had 13 points. Look, Bam Adebayo, man, six rebounds and 21 points. The 21 points is fine, right? But six rebounds. He is athletic. He has a very, very, very good defensive ability. I know he's always in the defensive player of the year conversation, but getting below 10 rebounds is not okay at all. Now, I know getting rebounds is a very, very, very small part of being a good defensive player, but it's a big part of winning a basketball game, right? And, and that's what sticks out to me. And now that Bam Adebayo is playing, Omer Yurtsevin, Miami's star rebounder, right? He's not getting any minutes. Yeah. So it it really, you know, just sticks out to me that this Heat team might be worse with Bam Adebayo on the team. And it's not because Bam Adebayo is a bad player because he is a star player. 
I just don't know to what extent, right? Because he's so inconsistent and being inconsistent um, needs to really, really, really be discussed when talking about how good this player is, right? Now, let me just talk about the Heat for a split second. No matter how many losses they have, the Heat are winning so many games. Right. Adebayo, Butler, and Larry have played in the same game only 14 times this season. When Bam Adebayo is on the floor, the Heat have a 17-8 and record. When Jimmy Butler is on the floor, the Heat have a 12-6 and record. When Tyler Hero is – sorry, uh, that, that's my mistake, guys. When Bam Adebayo is not on the floor, the Heat have a 17-8 and record. When Jimmy Butler is not on the floor, the Heat have a 12-6 and record. When Hero is not on the floor, the Heat have a 5-2 and record. When Larry's not on the floor, the Heat have a 5-1 and record. And when P.J. Tucker's not on the floor, the Heat have a 5-1 and record. So that's impressive, right? Because the Heat have, in my opinion, the deepest bench in the NBA. And that's going to take them far this season. And guess what? Victor Oladipo hasn't even played one game this season. Right. So beware of this Miami Heat team. And beware of them in this coming stretch because guess what? The Heat are playing four teams in their next four games at home. And these four teams do not have a winning record. Starting off tomorrow, Sunday night, the Heat play the Lakers. Very, very inconsistent team. Yeah. More, more you know, inconsistent than consistent. They're 23 and 23. Then they play the Knicks on Wednesday, 22 and 24. The Clippers on Friday, 23 and 24. Jose, we may have to do something for that game. It's on Friday night. We'll, we'll come up with something. And then the Raptors again on Saturday, who are 21 and 21. So the Heat are playing teams that are at 500 and below. We need to win these upcoming games. And guess what? Injuries are no longer an excuse with this Heat team because we have such a deep bench. Right. Yeah, listen, I, I think that's the, my takeaway. Uh, listening to you as, as a passionate Heat fan, you know, talk about their struggles and, and, and what they could be doing better. I look at the standings and they're still winning. They're still at the top of the standings. They're still a force to be reckoned with. This is still a very good team. And when you think about what they don't have, when you think about what they could do to be better, like you mentioned, it's kind of frightening. It's kind of scary. This team is going to definitely make some noise in the East. Um, you know, we talked last week about how, not that it's necessarily a good thing, but there's always a silver lining to things. And because this has been such a weird season with so many players out and, of course, you know, injuries and, 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 and other things, that deep bench has gotten a chance to prove itself for the Heat. Whereas I think in a regular season, they might not have. The, the DMPs that yours been got yesterday might have been more prevalent, but now he's getting time. Uh, or at least he did, you know, and hopefully he, he finds yeah. his way. He definitely deserves it. But, uh, yeah, I think overall things look pretty good for, for the Heat. Would you agree? I mean, they're in good shape. Yeah. The only thing that scares me is we need to put in like an uh-uh-oh sound effect. And, you know, as you, as you see in movies, Anthony Davis has been upgraded to questionable for the game against the Heat. I... Want to see well, that's interesting. I, I want to see Omari Hertzman play against Anthony Davis. Now, if that doesn't happen, Bam Adebayo needs to step up because he is no longer a star in my eyes. He is so inconsistent, and I know this is a very, very much of a hot take. He makes the Heat team worse. He takes up valuable minutes, such as the time 
of Omer Yurtsevin, right? But taking Yurtsevin out of the conversation, he's not getting double-digit rebounds. And he's a defensive star. It seems like Bam only steps up when he needs to. And I guess he doesn't think he needs to now because the Heat have been winning. I don't know. Look, a center position is one of the most important, if not the most important position in basketball. And the Heat are a defensive team, right? If Bam Adebayo doesn't play well, well, who cares? The Heat have a deep bench. But when you play top teams like the Lakers coming up, it, it does matter, right? And then the ultimate goal is playing well and performing well in the playoffs. Yeah. And in the playoffs, you only face good teams. So that's just that's just a team concern for the Heat, just Bam Adebayo in general. Well, I will tell you, coming from L.A., I know you're in Florida. I will tell you on behalf of all of Los Angeles, thank you for calling the Lakers a top team. We're grateful. We appreciate it. Make sure sure the Lakers deserve it. They still are. I I don't care what anyone has to say. Really? This is not a Lakers. They are a top team because they are scary, right? Okay. You do not know what Westbrook's going to do. His dunk on Rudy Gobert the other day is completely unexpected. But I was great dunk. It was worth two points, though. Hey. What LeBron's doing, though, he could carry a team in the playoffs when he plays the whole game. 100%. And then guess what? Anthony Davis, you know what? Even if he plays tomorrow against the Heat, I don't He's not fully healthy yet. But they're, they're a good team. I mean, Carmelo Anthony makes shots when needed. It, it's just a matter of Malik Monk and THT. Those are the yeah. two players that the you need to rely on because Westbrook at this point is, is going to stay the same. It's THT yeah. and Malik Monk. That's it. Great segue, uh, not to the Lakers, because uh, we're actually skipping the Lakers this week, but to the other team in Los Angeles. Isaac, thank you for that Miami Heat recap. We're going to drop the pin now in my neck of the woods in Los Angeles, and we're going to talk Los Angeles Clippers. Now, Isaac mentioned something that I think is true of a lot of teams this season, and it's certainly true of the Clippers. You know, He said that the Lakers this season are, are, are going to be dangerous in the playoffs. LeBron you know, has proven that he can carry a team once they're in the playoffs. Now it didn't happen last season, um, but we know that that's possible. And he's playing so great right now. I think, I think the Lakers are really hoping that they get healthy by playoff time. I think that's true for a lot of teams and the Clippers are included in that bunch. The Clippers are not healthy. They have not been healthy. Uh, They played a team uh, or a game recently with everybody, including their coach out, um, yeah. and surprisingly one that was against the Nets. Um, they, th- this team is flying under the radar in that they continue to play pretty good basketball. It's entertaining basketball. The thing I enjoy about watching the Clippers is that they're always in their games. They're, they're not getting blown out. They, they, they show heart. They show hustle. Uh, they're down 25, and they come back and win. This is a good team. Um, unfortunately, they are missing – you know, their two best players, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, and they've been missing them for the bulk of the season, but yet continue to play well. They were two and one uh, in week 14. Um, and I want to kind of, you know, I, I don't want to dive deep into each of these games, but I do think it's kind of interesting. First off, they beat the Pacers. The Pacers, not necessarily, you know, a good team on, on, on paper. They're, they're, they're below 400, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about them later. Um but they played a good game against uh, the, the Clippers, and the Clippers won. Uh, the Clippers lost to Denver um, in a wild game in overtime. It took a 49-point uh, monster game by Jokic for that victory. 
And interestingly, about that game against the Nuggets, in the last-minute report, uh, the refs admitted that they blew two calls that would have been uh, you know, in favor of the Clippers. So realistically, that's a game that they should have won, but the, you know, the refs missed some calls. And then they went to Philadelphia and played the very good and the very hot Philadelphia 76ers and beat them 102-101 without Paul George without Kawhi Leonard. And what's interesting, I said this about them last week, when I look at their, their three victories this week, um, they were led in scoring each time by somebody different. Nick Batoon uh, against the Pacers, uh, if it's uh, if Zubats, Big Z um, against the Denver Nuggets and Jokic, and Reggie Jackson against the Philadelphia 76ers. So this is a team that right now is, 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 is just playing starless basketball, right? Uh, somebody else is going to step up every night. They play good defense when they need to, and they're just entertaining. They've got heart. They got hustle, and they're really winning over some fans in L.A. Now, I say that with an asterisk, right? Los Angeles will always be a Lakers town first, but there are a group of Clippers fans here that uh, really, really enjoy this team. And um, it's because of the heart and the hustle that they show. This is a team that's not making excuses. It's going out there and winning games that they shouldn't be winning. There's no way they should have won against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. They were down 25 in that game too. Um, but again, they show the heart, they show the hustle, and uh, they came back and, and got that W. I think the Clippers are hoping this season that they can get Paul George back, uh, that they can get Kawhi Leonard back. And if they get him back within, say, I think 10, 15 games in the regular season would be ideal to get their legs, um, you know, understand, you know, the chemistry with the other players, you know, which is kind of the same as last season as far as their players. So they should be okay. 10, 15 games, five would be fine, but you, you definitely want to get some run from these guys before the playoffs start this is going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs if that can happen. Um, and that's a big if. Uh, and I think the only, there's not very many teams this season that aren't, you know, don't have an if uh, after their playoff possibilities. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are one. They've been good. Um, they just got to stay healthy. Um, the Warriors, I think, have been certainly good, although they haven't been particularly healthy. But the Clippers are like the Lakers and like other teams in the NBA where they're, they're hurting, but their nose is above water. They're in the eighth seed right now, playing well, no particular concerns. Unfortunately, no news coming out in terms of you know, getting these guys back. But uh, what strikes me this week for the Clippers is that they were they showed a lot of heart and they won games they shouldn't have won. Uh, and they lost games they shouldn't have lost uh, against the Denver Nuggets. But overall, this is a fun team that's flying under the radar and they could do some damage if they get these players back. Um, before the playoffs. All right. One quick reminder, again, if you happen to be watching uh, us live, we'd love to hear from you. We exist to amplify your voice. That's why our site exists. Uh, if you can, you get a chance, go to Facebook, search for the Peach Basket 2021, one word, no spaces. You'll find us there and you should be able to leave us comments, questions there. Um did you have any questions, comments about the Clippers, or should we go on to the question of the day? Uh, I don't really have any questions. The Clippers, as you kind of hinted, you didn't directly say it, are, you know, a, a basic team that, you know, they're trying to just make, right, 
the, I guess I could say the playing tournament, you know, get in as a seven or eight seed and then just hope for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to carry them through the playoffs because they won't be able to do that in the regular season. But as you said, your your hope is for the, you know, around the, the final 15 games of the regular season. So they That'd could, be ideal. So it's not just yeah. to get the Clippers some wins. It's also for them to get acclimated to the NBA. Yeah, get their legs under them, right? I, I, I think that's going to be key. Um, but I, I think, listen, any kind of – anytime these two, guys, these two guys get back, if they get back, it's just going to be such such great news for, for the Clippers. Um, and, and Paul the, George was, was having a good year before he got injured. Oh, yeah. And I think an MVP caliber yeah. season. Now, Kawhi sure. Leonard, again, we have no played. idea how he'll perform. Yeah. I assume he's not going to pull a LeBron on us and, and just, you know, average way more points than he has in the last few seasons. But you never know. You know, Kawhi Leonard is a robot, so no one knows. Yeah, we'll see. I, I Again, I think any anything we anything that, that the Clippers get from Kawhi and, and PG this season is going to be gravy. Um, but I think I mentioned this last week. I have the suspicion that the Clippers are playing for next season. And whatever they get this season is gravy. We'll see. All right. That is it. Just two quick detailed uh, recaps for the Clippers in the Heat this week. Uh, sometimes we have more. I don't think we ever have less, though. Uh, before we get to our question of the day, I wanted to just remind everybody to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. We are absolutely grateful to be a part of the Basketball Podcast Network and to have DraftKings as a sponsor. With that being said, let's talk NBA question of the day. I, I really do enjoy these. Um, Generally, what we do here is we talk about the best. We talk about the best player. We talk about the best team. We talk about the best trade, the best, you know, it's always the best. This time I'm doing it a little differently, and I'm kind of excited to talk uh, about this question. And I'll remind everybody, anybody watching again, if you're watching on Twitter, unfortunately, we can't take your comments or questions uh, there. Please jump on Facebook. Uh, search for the Peach Basket 2021. No spaces. You should find us. Look for our logo and you can ask questions or comments there. The NBA question of the day today is not about the best teams. It's about the teams that are struggling right now. Which current bad team, and we're defining bad as a team under 400, is best positioned for success in the near future. Now you see the logos of the teams here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What's interesting to me right off the bat, the majority of them are in the Western Conference, which is kind of weird, but it also makes sense. The West is a tougher conference, I think. I mean, I know it's always been true. It may not be as true this season as it's been in the past. Pardon me, as it's been in the past. Um, but, you know, when you play interconference matchups, you know, you might lose more. So it kind of stands to reason, but it's a little bit of, a little, little bit surprising to me. These are the teams that are under 400 now. Isaac, uh, we'll start with you. Which of these eight teams do you expect to be 
and let's let's make it a very specific question. Not just a playoff team, but let's say this is a championship caliber team within the next two three years, which has the potential to be that. Yeah, I'm glad you added that. Which team has the potential to? Because I would have said none of them. Yeah. <laughs> the next two to three years. Right, but look, right. Jose, this is a very good question because there are, are so many different possible answers, obviously, right? But sure. there's a lot of different evidence that you could use for each team that you could choose. Um, I, I'm not going to you know, get right up here on the mic and, and state which team I think is best positioned for the near future. I, I just want to break down a little bit of each team. Okay. The Spurs have a fantastic coach, right? But they do not have any players that are going to lead them in the future. And that's a problem because they are a very young team. Yet, they don't have any players that really, uh, you know, and honestly, are even close to above average. Because they have maybe one or two average players. Um, you know, they they are obviously lacking players at every position. And, and that's a problem. Um, the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox is fantastic. He is a guy that could lead a, a you know, team in the near future. And they have Buddy Heald, but Buddy Heald likely, you know, going to head to a different team. Sure. Whether at the trade deadline or via free agency. Now, the Magic, very, very young team. The youngest team in the NBA, to be exact. Yet... Their coach, Jamal Mosley, very questionable. You can always get a new coach for the near future, so let's not focus on coaching. Jalen Suggs, not looking too good. Franz Wagner, very good. Yeah. But are they best positioned for success in their near future? The Pacers, a little bit older than the rest of the teams on this list. They have Sabonis, who I think is overrated. And they're not best positioned. Because they do not do well in the NBA draft, mainly because they finish as a borderline playoff team, and that's not going to help them in the draft. The Pistons, they had the number one overall pick. They should be best positioned for success in the near future. They are not. Cade Cunningham was the wrong pick. He is good, but he is not that good. The Rockets, Jalen Green, that's who the Pistons should have gone, but the Rockets need more then Jalen Green and sadly, I don't think they're going to be able to hold on to Christian Wood for that much longer. He yeah. plays well. That means he needs a bigger contract. So it's between two teams, right? The Thunder and the Pelicans. The Pelicans have Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is arguably going to be the face of the NBA in a few years. Hmm. However, Zion is the only good player on the Pelicans. I know uh, Valanciunas, if that's how you pronounce his name, is a good player. But he is a, a player that every team should have in terms of making the NBA Finals, let alone deep in the playoffs, right? Teams have players at that caliber level. And that's why I'm going to go with the Thunder. They're the best position for success in the near future. And it's because of the NBA draft. You build talent through the NBA draft. Unless you're the Heat because you get undrafted players. But that's besides the point. The Thunder have by far the most draft picks in the near future. And it's going to translate well because the, the draft 
pick of Josh Giddy yeah. was surprising, yet it has turned out terrific. Giddy yeah. is terrific on the defensive end. Yeah. He's terrific on the offensive end. He's just an all-around good player. And that's Agreed. hard to get from a rookie because, for example, Jalen Green could be an all-around good player in a few years. But to see it as a rookie, that's impressive. And the simple answer should have just been the Thunder because of their draft. But I have to give analysis for every team because it, it could have easily been the Spurs because of Popovich. It could have easily been the Magic because of Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. And they're so bad this year that they may have another top pick. Yeah. Or it could have been the Pelicans just because they have Zion Williamson and he is by far the best player when you compare any of the players on the rest of these teams. But the Thunder by far are okay. the best team positions for success that are under 400. I, I'm sorry if I gave a long answer. I just wanted to prove my answer because there's so many different things anyone yeah. could have said. You're always very meticulous about your answer. You don't just shoot off the cuff, and I appreciate that. You think it through, and I appreciate that. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go just a little quicker because I don't want to repeat everything, you know, a lot of the things that you said. Um, I, I, and, I, and, and I'm going to first off put on my my uh, my Renee hat, all right, my San Antonio Renee and, hat, uh, and tell you that uh, the San Antonio Spurs, um, you know, are, are, are very good. They – you know, Pop is, is a question mark because I'm not sure how long he can coach. And, and it'll be very interesting for them, I think, in the long term, what's going to happen after he leaves. Uh, I think that's important. Um, now I'm going to put on my Theodore hat and talk about the Thunder. Uh, what's most interesting about the Thunder, and, and this just blows my mind. I mean, I, I knew this, but when I looked at when I look up the number, it blew my mind. 36 draft picks over the next five years. 19 first round picks, 17 second round picks. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. Let's let's leave that aside for a minute. We don't have anybody covering the the, the New Orleans Pelicans. If you're watching and you're a Pelican fan, I'll put on your hat right now and tell you that um, Zion Williamson is so interesting because he will either be like you said the face of the NBA in a couple seasons, or he'll be out of the NBA in a couple seasons. You just don't know. Um, and, and I'm hoping for the best for this guy. I, I think he's an incredible talent. Um, but, I, I, yeah, we just don't know. Um, the other thing I got to say about the Pelicans, uh, as I put on my Pelicans hat, Brandon Ingram I think is a very good player. And I think you you definitely need to, to bundle him into that category. He is good. And I got to put on my Renee hat again because I forgot to mention, you said that the – and I could hear Renee yelling in my ear as you said this – that the Spurs, you don't have, you know, great player. I think DeJounte Murray is a very good player. 20 and 10, I'm rounding up a little bit, uh, and he really should be an all-star. He had the assist of the week last week. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, he stopped at the, st- at, the, at the free throw line right corner and went between his legs uh, to a driving player for the for a dunk. Um, oh, it come was- on. Go on. Draja could have done that. No, no, listen, the, the, the play in and of itself is inconsequential. The yeah. 20 points and the 10 rebounds on average is very impressive. And again, I'm rounding up, but I think that's a very good player. Now, is he a star? Is he somebody you can build on? It, I, I don't know. know. I think he's a uh, great Jose, I just want to point out something. It, hmm? It's very tough with him because you can put him on the um, – I'm not going to say the heat because they've – Turned, they turn bad players into good players. But let's say the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to use them. 
if if you put DeJounte Murray in the Denver Nuggets, I don't know if he's going to average close to that, even if you put him in the starting lineup, just because you have a star player on the team. I feel like with DeJounte Murray, number one, he has no pressure on a Spurs team, right? And, yeah. and, number, and number two, there's really no one competing with his minutes, with his points, with his assists, and yeah. with his rebounds. But you see talent when you watch him. Right. And he does have talent. I just don't know to what extent. I'm going to have to watch more of him. I do know who he is. I have seen a lot of highlights from him. Yeah. I have seen his numbers this year. Terrific. But I just don't know. And I don't think a lot of people know except the great Popovich and, of course, Renee. And Renee. Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Renee. But, yeah, I got to throw that out because I, I do think he's a good player. But, again, I, I don't think any of these guys – you mentioned Sabonis for the Pacers – um, Christian Wood for the Rockets. None of these guys really screams superstar. So I don't think any of these teams are necessarily built, you know, to have a foundation that they could build on where they can have their superstar, with the only, the only exception being, I think, the Pelicans with, with Zion, but he's iffy. So when I, you know, look at this question, best positioned, and at the end of the day, I get back to what you said. It, it, it's got to be the Oklahoma City Thunder, man. They have, I'm going to go back to it because I forgot the number. It's staggering. 36 draft picks over the next five years. That just blows my mind. Um, and what is very impressive about the Thunder, uh, again, put on my Theodore hat, is that you trust this team. You trust that executive to make the right choice with those picks. I would not trust another team listed here whose logo you can see if they had that many picks. I think they would be squandered. The, the Thunder yeah, the, will not yeah, squander. The, the, the Pistons The Pistons thought they were going to turn uh, the, the 2021 College Player of the Year, Luca Garza, into a star. So. Yeah, you, you, you know, and sometimes you roll the dice, uh, but I, I, I just – I have a lot of confidence in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Giddy, who you brought up, is so fun to watch, such a talented player. And I think that they are going to just do right by those 35 picks. Uh, that might be you know, packaging some uh, for, for a player, uh, certainly using some to bring in new players. Um, they, they have just got a treasure trove, and they are best positioned yes. for success. And, and you know what? I'm very mad at myself. I'm also mad at you, Jose. We did not I bring did. up, both of us, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. I totally forgot about him until now. He is a star. He is a star Yeah, w- without a doubt. And you had him with Giddy and then the next Mikey Williams, who I know you now know of, or, or whoever <laughs> in the future with all those draft picks. That's a good team. Now, they really only needed to get one more good player to add on to Giddy. And shot right. Obviously, you need bench pieces, but you get my point, right? It's a big three with Shy and Giddy, but they could easily get more than that one good player because they have thirty six picks. Yeah, no, it's it's staggering. I, I love Shea, a former uh, Clippers player who I really saw grow here his rookie season in L.A. Uh, I put Shea in the same category as Dejounte Murray, um, where I think he's a phenomenal player, but he is a beta to somebody's alpha. I think he's going to really excel if he's got somebody who is that superstar. Um, so, yeah, I think when you when you think of it in that sense, I, I think the teams that are best positioned are probably the Spurs and the Thunder because they do have that really good 
you know, let's call them beta uh, player. They just need to be able to find that alpha. Uh, the Pelicans have the alpha, but I just don't know what kind of shape that alpha is in, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Outstanding. That is it. That concludes our show. Week 14 of the NBA 2021-22 season is now in the books. We'll be back next week to recap week 15. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk next week. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Peach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports. Debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming tune on air. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news. Like we're in the stands, creative views from the average fan.